0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey but a walking stick, no food, no sack no money in their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals, but not a second tunic. He said to them, Whatever, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. Whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off your feet in testimony against them. So they went off and preached repentance. The twelve drove out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. So our Lord gathers the 12 who have been following him all this time, watching everything that our Lord's doing, probably in awe of the fact that they get to be witnesses of what our Lord is doing. They've seen people be cured. They've seen our Lord work miracles. And he sends them out two by two to do some of the things that he's been doing. And I sort of imagine being one of those 12, being sent out to do the things that our Lord is doing, thinking to myself, "Ah, there's no way I can do this. And then he tells them this, like, don't take anything with you. I want you to strip down to the bare necessities and then go out to everybody else. Oh, I really don't think I can do this. What if we go out and try to do this and people reject us? What if we try to share with others what we've received from the Lord and they just don't want to hear it? And our Lord has an answer for them there, saying simply leave there and shake the dust off your feet and move on to whoever does want to hear you. And so the question that arises there is, like, how is it that they were able to go and do this? And the evangelical council of poverty, which religious take, where they kind of get rid of all their possessions, kind of jealous of as I'm unpacking in the rectory and I've got this junk from like seminary, I was like, I haven't looked at this glass since 2000, or 1995. Um, the Evangelical Council of Poverty is there in order to help us to be more dependent on our Lord. So that the only thing that matters is our Lord. And in St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we have some insight into like what is this most important thing about our relationship with our lord what is it that helps them to go and be confident to proclaim the gospel as they go out into the world and saint paul uses this word twice in today's reading right this word chosen He says, as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blemish before him. He chose us in him. And then later on, he says, in him we were also chosen to be destined in accord with the purpose of the one who accomplishes all things according to the intention of his will." To be chosen is a core need that we all have as human beings. It's part of what makes us human, that we have this desire to be chosen. And in fact, our Lord did choose us before the foundation of the world. And that word is used in other places in Scripture. In the prayers of the mass, you are a chosen race. A royal priesthood of people set apart. And so what allows them to go and preach the gospel to the communities to which they're sent is the fact that they were chosen by our Lord. And whenever running into adversity or running into Rejection. Criticism. They can always go back to the fact that they were chosen by our Lord. And if our Lord chose them and brought them to himself. There must be something good in them. And so when we think about our own lives and the challenges that we have to spread the gospel to others, to share our faith with others, our own fears of criticism, our fears of rejection, do we truly understand what it means to be chosen by Him? You know, I remember being a kid And I was not very athletic and we would be at recess and you know, we'd pick teams. And my goal was always not to be the last one chosen. And I would oftentimes sit there and like, uh, nobody wants me on that. And when we are chosen, something happens there. You know, we use this word a lot in our culture and You know, we have all of our, like, Choose Life campaigns and things like that, which regard the initial choice, right? When we talk about choice and choosing life, it usually means that a woman who's pregnant is going to choose to have the baby. But what a child needs is to constantly be chosen by their parents. Right. To constantly be chosen by their parents, to be chosen by their parents often you know another issue that comes up a lot in our culture is that of like masculinity and especially like, in the church we have kind of these men's movements and men's groups and and masculinity is often tied to virtue and like doing certain things. Sometimes people have these men's talks and they kind of reduce masculinity to doing lots of hard things like growing beards and drinking beer and eating meat and killing animals and hunting. And that makes you a man. But that's not really how masculinity is conferred. It's not by doing something. It's by being accepted by a group of men that you admire. And that usually happens after doing something. But it's in the act of being chosen by that. You know, the example from my own life I often think about is, you know, I grew up in a family where, you know, I would have, we had an alcoholic family system. My dad was an alcoholic and he quit drinking when I was about six. And so he was just kind of distant in the house when I was growing up. And I had to figure out a lot of things on my own. In high school, I had pretty weak masculine identity. I didn't have a lot of guy friends, I was one of those guys who always got along better with girls than with guys. And then when I graduated from high school, I went to West Point, and I felt like totally a fish out of water, like, oh, I can't fit in with all these guys who are, like, super tough. They were all, like, captain of the football team, and they're all, like, you know, really big, and I'm, like, 150 pounds, and I'm in boxing class. And I've never been in a fight in my life. Then I broke my nose and I ended up in football player boxing class. That was worse. And so is was this struggle to, how do I, like, fit in with, like, who I am as a man? And And so at the end of my time at West Point, I branched infantry because I wanted to do the hardest thing possible. And we had infantry branch nights where we had this infantry barbecue and we went out in the woods and we had like two sides of beef and nine roasted pigs and 18 kegs of beer and we just like drank beer and ate meats and we got our branch insignias these cross rifles that you pin on your uniform but we didn't wear uniforms or even shirts we just like pounded them into our chest directly and we grunted a lot and but none of that, like, really conferred masculinity on me. We did lots of hard things. But I remember being in ranger school, and we, were, we finished the first phase and the second phase. We got to the third phase. I was still in the class. I hadn't been, like, you know, recycled or made to go back and repeat anything. And, uh, and so we had kind of a reduced platoon and we had to pick a new ranger buddy, and I remember standing there thinking to myself, uh, nobody's gonna want to be my ranger buddy, I'm like really weak, i barely gonna make it through this thing, and my friend, Dave Parks, who's like way tougher than me, like walks up to me and he was like, "Uh, I can call you, want to be my ranger buddy? And I was like, oh, I'm chosen. And from that point forward, I never had doubts about who I was. You know, I never had doubts about who I was because I was chosen. And when I ran into times when I felt insecure or anything like that, I was like, no, like, I was chosen. And that dynamism is a dynamism that's supposed to happen between fathers and sons all of the time within our culture. for a father to seek out his son and choose him, you know, in an intentional way. And the crisis in fatherhood that we experience in our culture, it might be a, cult- a crisis in being chosen. A crisis in spirituality in our culture might also be a crisis in being chosen. That we forget who we are in Jesus. Because it is our Lord who came into the world in order to draw us to himself. It's our Lord who chose us before the world began and destined us for relationship with himself. So that whenever we feel insecure or we feel not worthy or we feel like we're not good enough or we feel like "Ah, I'm, I'm just not smart enough to go and share my faith with anybody, we remember that we were chosen by our Lord, that we belong to him. And every action of our life has to flow from belonging to him. when we truly come to know that in our hearts, then we know how to choose others. We know how to choose our children every single day. Or within marriages, to choose your wife every single day, to choose your husband every single day. It's not a choice that happened once when you exchange your wedding vows, but it's a choice that happens every single day in the way that you spend your time, and the way that you listen to one another, and the way that you're present to one another. It's in being chosen that we find the security to entrust ourselves to. Our Lord, one another as husbands and wives, and that a child continues to entrust himself or herself to her parents. And so today, let us pray for the grace to really know and remember, to realize how precious we are to our Lord. That he has called us to himself. And the grace to be mindful of being chosen by him in every thought, word, and work of our